Hi, today Sue and I are going to talk about how to stop being the rescuer part 2. Hi, welcome to Awake TV. So today we want to talk about how to stop being a rescuer part 2. So a lot of starseed light workers, wayshowers, people especially who are spiritually awakened they tend to have empath too but they tend to have this attitude help out everybody i should be the big girl big boy to help out other people you know for the goodness of our heart but so and i both learned this big lesson last year and then this is a very important subject because many of us do go through this lesson so we want to share and talk about this again in different perspective or different way of looking at it yeah so what is your perspective something came to me mm-hmm. in the summertime mm-hmm. um I can't remember who it was I was concerning about. I had some real concerns for and I had made some uh ovations, some attempts um you know just to talk to this person and mm-hmm. who was in so much turmoil and it was it was actually painful to sort of listen to, right? Mm-hmm. And um and then my guides, I know it must have been my guides. It just put it into my head. And I, I have it written down on this piece of paper to remind me. And it was just very quick. Uh, I heard it. It was an audio uh, transmission from my guides. And they said, there is no more you can do for someone who will not grab the lifeline when it is thrown. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Metatron. That's a great sentence. Maybe you won't, you won't repeat it again. Sure. Uh, there is no more. you can do for someone who will not grab the lifeline when it is thrown mm. and um that was one of those holy cow moments um when i received that transmission from archangel metatron um it just it just made me completely stop in my tracks i calmed down i relaxed because it was the reminder i needed that uh it's, it's much empathy and compassion that i feel for mm-hmm. what that person was going through you can't do the work for them you can't do the work for anybody the only one we can do the work for is ourselves and the work is uh self reflection finding resources um for other people that have been through what you've been through or know something about it that uh, you can read or listen to their youtube or um you know buy their uh program to help you work steps to get through it um that's the work and 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 the biggest part of the work is self uh self reflection uh going within and evaluating your own behaviors your thoughts your beliefs and, and how you react with the world um so that's the work uh we can't do the work for someone else however um we can point out their strengths and uh 
what we've noticed in the time that we've spent with them or what we've listened or asked them. Uh, what, what are the times in your life where you felt really powerful, where you felt like you could handle this situation? Um, and then just kind of let that person um, talk to you about what their strengths are or how they got through a difficult situation. And then, and then that helps them hearing their own words um, about a time where they were strong um, helps them realize, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I got this, you know, I, I may not have the answer right now. I may not know exactly what I'm going to do, but I know I'm capable of doing it. I'm capable of coming up with my answers. I'm capable of creating a plan to deal with it, uh, whatever it is. And so that's what we're talking about when we say empowerment is, is actually being a sounding board and then a mirror to other people when they need to see their strengths uh, and not doing the work, not trying to do the work for them. So in other words, we all know, and I've, I'm guilty of this, we all know people that, man, they get on a, an idea and they just drive it home and say it and say it and say it and say it and, say it and just, you know, <laughs> they're not even always trying to find a different way to say it. It's just the same, bam, bam, bam. You know, they think if they hit somebody over the head enough times with a message that this person's just going to magically one day go, oh, yeah, you're right. That's it. <laughs> I don't think that's quite how it works. However, you and I were talking earlier today um, about one of the best methods of teaching uh, and how we learn as children and, and what that is, is and adults, anybody, any age, um, when we have a new concept that comes to us and we hear it over and over again, the repetitiveness of it, um, and also from different sources and maybe spoken in different ways, like put, providing different angles of saying mm -hmm. what you're trying to say. Um, that, that, that is a really healthy way to, uh, well, I mean, that's how we learn by repetition. And sometimes a person has to go through the scenario in their own life to apply that learning. So again, um, we, I, I think it's, I think a lot of us light workers are struggling now because once we've awakened and we really get it and we start to see things that are going on in our world and other people aren't getting it it's kind of like how could you not get this um and and it requires a lot of patience on our part uh and compassion that we each in our own time get what we need to get out of this life you know um so for me i mean i've got it i've i've learned patience i really don't try to project um, my opinion or my understanding onto anybody. I mean, I offer it up. I put it out there. I have Facebook. I have Twitter. I have YouTube. Um, I have my own personal website that I offer services. Oh, that was the other thing. Um, with us and the hypnosis and the services we offer, people still, even though we can get them there uh, into a state of uh, consciousness where they can get their own answers it's still their answers it's not our answers yeah um, 
So if you're a Reiki practitioner or you're a uh, massage therapist or you're a quantum healer or, you know, any of these modalities that light workers tend to be attracted to, um, the difference between being a um, caretaker and a rescuer and someone that is empowering is you provide your service to the best of your ability and then you understand that it's the responsibility of the client to either continue their healing or follow the direction and information that they received, even if they're going to a psychic, you know, that's a form of healing. They're reading your timeline. They're, they're helping you to understand uh, things that might be coming up or why something happened in your life. So that's a service provider. Um, but they can't be you and step into your power and um, tell you exactly how to do that. As the client, you're the one who has to pick up the ball and say, okay, this is the information I received, or I received this healing and clearing. Now I feel much better. How do I maintain it? Um, so that's my, that's my two cents on the subject so far. What do you got? Well, you know, there's a free will, which is the one of the universal law. You know, we all means higher frequency beings abide by and because of the free will you know a lot of things are happening right now in our world but like when a service provider healers you know uh, like workers or whoever provide their service and then their client says oh i didn't get as much as i thought but the thing is, um, you and your higher self decide how much you will receive. So even if Reiki or energy worker give, gives their 100%, you may have a capacity to receive 20% for whatever the reason, right, at, at this time. So sometimes, um, you know, some people need to receive it repeatedly, but when, you are so dependent on, you know, tarot card reading or healing. I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing that. Means even I do get service from other, you know, people from our industries, even though, you know, I wish someone like me can do stuff for me. <laughs> I need to go somewhere else when I have issues, right? Because a lot of times you have blind spot and you don't see things clearly and right that's okay you can you can ask for help you can ask for help from angels you can ask help from other people who are spiritually gifted stuff like that but it is very important for all of us to have sovereignty means um we know how to work on ourselves then we do need a help we can go get help it's not like okay uh, i just have to sit here and do nothing and then expect it to have a miracle that's yeah. not how it goes or like a lot of people i spoke with they say hey all i need to do is let go surrender that's 50 percent right if you yeah. don't really work on yourself you know and then um you just let go on the surrender and see what happens. Nothing happens. And then the people 
tend to be waiting for the result they wanted to have. And that's what I see from people, you know, I speak to. Um, that is a part of the reason I do my coaching so I can help them to lead to their optimum result as fast as possible. But after that, they still need to go through their own things. You know, once you get the knock of, okay, this is how I should deal with, or you get big chunk of your blocks, you know, taken out from you, then like, okay, you gotta do maintenance, like a brushing teeth. So mm -hmm. you can't just say, hey, I, I got this uh, program or this big session, then I don't have to do anything. Yeah, big chunk is gone, but you need to take care of yourself. It's the same thing as brushing teeth or brushing your hair. I, I do take care of my energy vibrational level daily, you know? Um, you can't stop doing that. Even after we shift 5D, we still need to do our certain things at that level, but we are 4.8D, so we are certainly not stop doing that, you know? You can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you want to, but like, I don't recommend that because especially we do feel the energy outside of us, a lot of collective crazy vibrations and everything. And it's not even from what we are thinking, stuff piles up, you know, without us knowing. So it's very important to keep on doing the daily maintenance. Mm -hmm. wow. Yep. Yep. You know, as a practitioner, one of the first things that I had to grab onto, uh, and, and I was working with people for a, a little, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> for a little while before I start. <clears throat> wow. Trying to get this out. Uh, I was working with clients for a while in the quantum healing hypnosis Um before I did grab onto this, but it kind of, I don't want to say saved me. I saved myself by grabbing onto it. And it's just this, I can provide my expertise to get a person to a place where they can get answers. They can get healing, real healing, but they're the ones asking for it. They're the ones who came to the session. They're the ones who I've told everything about the process. And they said, yes, I'm signing up to do this. And in fact, once they're there through the hypnosis, they're the ones receiving it. They have a choice. They can either receive it or not receive it. Like you said earlier, some people are ready for a certain percentage of healing and for whatever reason, you know, that's between them and their soul. But um, so I can't judge my session based on whether or not the person got complete healing or whether that person feels 100% better when they walk out the house. Um, a lot of people do. And some people can't hypnotize, they won't allow it. Um, they're just not ready to go to those places in their subconscious. Um, they're not ready to deal with things. That's okay. Um, and once I grabbed on to that, it took me from trying to rescue people to actually being an, empower, an empowering force. Um, 
because let's face it, <clears throat> when someone comes to your house and they want to be hypnotized or they think they want to be hypnotized and then you get right down to it and you find out uh, actually they're terrified and you know and then their body starts having symptoms and I had this one lady say I have such a headache I have to that's resistance okay that's fine she's not ready to go there but she had a really great meditation um, and relaxed the body and we did some light body work um, instead so she ended up leaving the session feeling, you know, really pretty good about things, even though her main objective was to come in and get all these answers. I mean, the list, it was two pages. It was two pages. So she really did want answers. <coughs> was she ready on that day at that moment? No, she wasn't. And that didn't have anything to do with me. It had to do with the fact that she just wasn't ready. Okay. So if we're trying not to be rescuers and we're trying to be empowering, we have to start with where the client is. Okay. And if the client is, is not where they want to be, um, that's okay. Because like you said earlier, they could, they could have multiple sessions. That's okay. Um, it doesn't mean the first session was a failure. So for me personally, as a practitioner, um, of course, I mean, as a human being, I just want everybody to get better and I want it right now. And that's why I went into quantum healing because it can happen just that quickly, but it, but it isn't up to me. It's up to the person walking through the door. What is their level of readiness? And so, you know, if you're not a practitioner and you're just a friend or a family member or, you know, just somebody in society that really cares about people, um, it still is important to try not to be a rescuer because uh, we have to accept and understand that everybody's at their own level of uh, cognitive development, um, their belief systems, what their life experiences were, uh, what their soul plan is. You know, we haven't talked about that for a while, but um, everybody has a soul plan and there's certain things that are supposed to happen in their life as part of their own design. Their soul designed these experiences. Who are we to say that it's wrong for them to go through something? Um, even if it's something that leads to death, you know, if that's in their soul plan, uh, and they have to, they chose to experience it. That's free will. Um, who am I to tell them that they shouldn't go through it? That that's just that that would be my ego and my my desire to feel good about myself and be a rescuer, um, saying no, no, I'm I, I'm I'm fighting their soul plan. Um, <laughs> that's not good. I we need to respect other people's soul plans. Um, we need to respect that. Uh, even, and, and here's a thought too. I want to see what you think about this, Erica. What if this is fun? This is a fun exploration of duality. Uh, so I thank you for indulging me. What if we are having uh, a life, somebody's having a life, and they seem like really low evolved, maybe lower consciousness? Maybe uh, you sit there and go, wow, maybe they're brand new um, to this existence. But what if they were a really high vibing being uh, in another carnation or several other incarnations and their soul decided that they wanted to try the other end of the spectrum and be low consciousness this time around um, just to find balance, you know, to move all the way through duality and go into balance. I don't know. What do you think about that?
Well, that is highly um, possible. Of course, you know, when we means galactic beings, um, we decide to incarnate, we, we tell them what we want, what kind of mission we want to do, and then we get advice from the council. And then we decide which planet or what kind of dimension we want to incarnate into with the previous memories and old memories. But when we go down, means we, when we descend, um, there, there is a certain procedures we can drop down from 7D to 3D all of a sudden because we're gonna go crazy. But the whole point is like, you know, um, people like 70 beings or 80 beings wants to understand um, the people who seems like vibrating in lower sort of, you know, vibrational life, you know, having no purpose, you know, doing some kind of uh, eyebrow raising kind of work, that kind of thing. And then you kind of encounter with people like that. It's not necessary you're doing that job, but when you have that kind of experience, um, I personally met so many different kind of people from so many class and so many walk of life. And this was very interesting. Um, somehow strangers, they start talking to me. And one time I was going to this casino in upstate New York, and then I was on the bus. And then the guy next to me, he is from Connecticut. And then he kind of comes from um, difficult background. So you don't really see, think a white guy from Connecticut is having a difficult background. But he started telling me how he used to sell drugs and then um, his mom is uh, you know, taking care of him, all this kind of life. And then, of course, I don't sell drugs. And then I think uh, that is not a high vibrational activity uh, to take it, you know, because you may get uh, um, entity attached to you once you're doing drugs or alcohol, that kind of thing. So it, it's not for me, but I was talking to him. Then I don't remember exact content of the conversation because that was a long time ago, but it came to the conclusion, me and him are the same person. You know, we, we can agree on certain things. So we kind of got, we, we bonded for certain things. So it's not just him. I met so many different kinds of people in my life. So I don't usually judge people by their profession. You know, I don't think you're a politician or lawyer or banker, you are higher than anybody. I don't, you know, um, some lady um, I kind of knew were a dancer. You know, and I, I spoke with her and she told me she's doing it to take care of her kid because she's a single mother. And mm. then not everybody's having fortunate background means your parents can support you when you're a single mother. What if you come from the family, your family is not taking care of you and you are on your own to take care of you and your kid. 
and you don't even yeah. have a husband because this guy skipped, right? What do you want to do, right? So I was talking to this lady and she started telling me about her life. And then I didn't particularly think what she was doing, you know, I didn't have- That you wouldn't judgment. do it. No, I, yeah. I didn't have any judgment toward what she was doing because I put myself in her shoes and what, what am I going to do if I were in her situation? Mm -hmm. I would choose the same thing maybe, right? Mm -hmm. Then we kind of started talking about totally different things. Then we have connect connection. You know, she yeah. come from a different racial background. And then we don't even share any culture, but we have this common ground as a human being. So it, it is very important that some people, they walk on the, um, you know, a lot of people look down to family member cabal, for example. What if they chose to incarnate into that family, that particular family, but you happen to be higher frequency like being. And then before you incarnate, you think you can somehow pull yourself out of it and somehow you will have some kind of effect when you are in Yeah, the there's examples family. of that. There's examples of that, what you're saying. People that were born into the families and taught the cabal way and have like sort of had their awakening and, and realized they weren't going to do it anymore. And they, they had to, it was hard for them to get out. Yeah. I think there's stories about that now. Even if you are doing it at a certain point, right? I, I was meditating one day and then I, I won't say who it is. The certain well-known individual contacted me. I wasn't planning to contact with him, but he did. And then he started talking about his future position. And then he has to pretend to be a part of the organization he belongs to because, you know, if he doesn't, he'll get killed. Mm. So I told yeah. him, just pretend to be a part of them. Then when you get your position, change everything. Yeah. And then he told me that makes sense, you know? That's how I would do it. I'm not part of that family, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, yeah. That's well, you know, I mean, people are gonna say, "Oh, how can you not standing up for yourself?" or "How can you start fighting?" But what if you are the one or two two person within that organization, and then once they find out that you are not really part of it, they're gonna kill you. Then you can't change mm -hmm. anything, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think what we're talking about big picture wise is, um, you know, not being not none of us has the ability to judge another person's soul path and what they came to this life to garner. And and so, you know, there is no need to rescue anybody. Yeah. You know, because this is about rescuer versus empowerment. So, um you know, realize that even though that person looks like he needs to be rescued, maybe his soul came here in the family that it did so that he would find his personal power and find a way out of that situation once he decided he didn't want it anymore um, without dying, you know, it, maybe he's successful, maybe not, but can we judge that? And can we say to, or can we say to ourselves, um, I respect that he chose such a difficult journey yeah. 
and uh, such difficult life circumstances. And wow, it's, it's pretty amazing and gutsy that, that, that soul took on that role. Let's see how it plays out, but I don't need to fix him. Yeah. Like I compassion, you know, that's compassion, respecting his free will. Yeah. And, and that's another way to go to, you know, from rescuer to personal power is, is understanding that, um, we, we can't, we really can't for another person, but if we try, we're going to suffer. And, and that brings me on to the next issue, which is, um, are you filling up your own cup, your energy, uh, while you're trying to assist others, or are you giving and giving and giving until your cup is empty and you, you're having a hard time even dealing with your own life. Um, so that's not personal power. That's being codependent and um, trying to rescue everybody. And I see a lot of that. So I just want to mention it really quickly. And all I can say is stop it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great advice, but you have to catch yourself. If, if you're constantly giving and giving and you no longer have to give to yourself, then um, that a rescuer role not a uh not an assistant not not trying to compassionately be there for somebody holding space for somebody you're just you're draining yourself yeah that's how your brain is talking to you but you know really you're hoping to get back what you are giving from the other person so you keep on trying and harder and harder and then at the end of the day you have nothing to give nothing left to give right? Um, that is not healthy for you. That is not healthy because a lot of times people are in the um, unbalanced relationship. They, they tend to choose someone who is toxic. The person could be narcissist, you know, having a codependent relationship, but the balance between give and receive is very um, unequal. You are the most of the person who is giving 80 to 90% and the other person is giving back just enough for you to stick around. Yeah, yep, yep. And is that what you want? And then you keep on trying because if I try harder, maybe she or he will change. That is not- Yeah, you keep waiting for that change. Yeah, it's oh, if I just try a little bit harder, that's taking (laughs) on the responsibility for the other person. Every single one of us has our own personal power, whether we're exercising it or not. And so, you know, let's face it, when you talk about the narcissist or you talk about the energy vampire, you talk really what we're talking about are people that are just injured, their, their, their soul, their, their mind, their body, their emotions, whatever, you know, we're talking about injured people, people that are operating out of their pain. So you you can put a label on it and call them a narcissist or call them an energy vampire. You can call them a sociopath. I mean, there's all kinds of labels that society has for these folks, but these are injured people that are trying to get their needs met via vacuuming it out of other people, stealing, you know, trying to take their energy, trying to get their attention all the time. Um, And they don't, I think they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they don't know how to help themselves and 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 they found that maybe they feel better temporarily it's like a drug really when you find that person that's willing to give and give and give and give and never ask for anything in return um it's to me that's an addiction it's like oh yeah 
this is how I learned how to get my energy, how to feel better, or how to how to make, be better in my life and not feel so much pain. So really, it's a learned behavior as well. And um, I'm not putting those folks down. But we as light workers, as people that do that are empaths, that are psychic, that are um, here on this planet to help raise humanity. We're not, we're not completing that mission by continuing to give our energy and bleed ourselves dry to folks like that. Yeah, we have to let them go and cut them loose until they come to some understanding that they have to help themselves feel better. How do they do that? Well, I don't know. They're going to have to figure that out. There's a lot of resources out there for people that are in pain. Pick one, start reading a book, do something self-help, whatever. But the the point is that's their issue and that's their life plan and that's their situation to deal with. We can't keep bleeding for these people because then we're not doing our mission. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing our mission. We're not providing empowerment. We're providing um, a parasitical relationship and that it doesn't benefit anybody. And so for me, the last piece of advice that I would say um, that I want to give at this point in time is, um, shoot my phone. I always silence my phone. Sorry. Um, the last thing I want to say is that the best way to move from uh, rescuer to personal power is um, live your life the best way that you can and show by example. Yeah. So if you're not a practitioner, if you're not a um, service provider, if uh, and even if you are, live your life, your best life, replenish your energy, take care of yourself, take care of your family, um, but take care of yourself first. And show by example your power. Realize your own power. Show it to the world by just by just being, by being in your sovereignty and doing taking action for your best interest. Other people will notice you doing that, and you're giving them a gift by being your powerful self. Yeah. So my tip is in order to get the personal power, you have to go through your own team. You can do it on your own or you can do with, you know, professionals with like us. But either way, you know, the part of the reason a person tends to be a rescuer, we are also wounded too, whether we realize or not. This is why we are compensating whatever the wound by helping others. That's including light workers or people who are spiritually awakening. Uh, that's our personal experiences. So once we heal ourselves, then we know how to take care of ourselves. And then we can put ourselves first. And then a lot of times, you know, some of us come from this environment. If, you know, you're raised by a narcissistic parent, they'll say, oh, don't be selfish. You know, when you try to say your own, opinion or try to put yourself first you know they kind of keep on telling you don't be selfish think about other people but don't get fall onto that kind of gaslighting because when you are wounded person you can't really take care of other person so you have to heal first you have to fill your cup first and then then you have to know the boundary too of course then 
see what you can do. But after that, you you know you have a clear boundary. So you don't even give 90% of yourself to anybody anymore. You don't. Yeah. That doesn't mean we are being cold or heartless or we are not doing the light working uh, mission. It's not like that. You know, every ascension leads to self-love. So mm -hmm. if we are not loving ourselves, we are not taking care of ourselves, how can we really contribute even 20% of our ability to others? Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So be kind to yourself, be gentle to yourself and take care of yourself first. That's my tip. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And Sue and I are going to bring a more interesting topic next week. And then thank you so much for watching. Please share, like, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I am having on sale, the store opening sale at my Etsy store. So I put the link and the please check that out. And Sue and I gonna bring you more interesting topic and see you next week. Bye.